Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Silent Giants is brought to you by Ali. Ali, powered by Verizon locations, are developed by Verizon, the world's leading technology company. In collaboration with Ali, a membership-only community workspace for creators. Each location is a community curated powered by the emerging technologies and thought leadership of Verizon. With Ali, Verizon is bridging the gap between startup and corporation by helping the community workspace build next-level ecosystems for entrepreneurs. Now, on to my episode. With Travis Ellison. I can't miss that shot. Like, that shot, my excitement for a second is less important than capturing a moment that'll last forever. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Uh, yeah. Everybody tuning in, you invited, you invited. No matter what mood you in, get excited, get excited. Everybody love the music, let me tell you how they do it. Whether writer or an agent, let me tell you how they made it. You are now talking to a silent giant. Wanna walk in their shoes, silent giants. Wanna study their moves, silent giants. Wanna know what they do, silent giants. Silent giants, y'all. <laughs> Power bless everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Silent Giants Podcast. Silent Giants highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. To keep up with the latest on the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at Silent Giants Podcast. To keep up with my life, music, and more, be sure to follow me as well at, at Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Minnesota Vikings sports photographer Travis Ellison. Travis is a dear friend of mine, and while on vacation in Minneapolis, he came by to chop it up with me on the podcast. I got to learn more about his upbringing in Virginia, how he first developed a strong love for photography, how he found his niche in sports photography, how he landed his role at the Minnesota Vikings. He shares amazing stories about being there for that famous Minneapolis miracle catch and so much more. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the photographer, my friend, the silent giant, Travis Ellison. Check, check, one, two, one, two. All right. All right, man. So we're just, we're just going to rock out. What's up, everybody? I'm Travis Ellison. I also go by Travi Trav. Um, on Instagram, I'm Travi Trav underscore DMV. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about more of that later. But this is a history moment for me because I've never been in an Airbnb. So, Oh, okay. Yes. Let's, let's set the scene. So I, yeah. we're here right now. We are in Minneapolis, which I call my home away from home, away from home. Mm-hmm. Like This is definitely like my spirit city. Like I was, uh, I had an interview earlier today with Laserbeak, who's like one of the top dudes uh, running the music scene here in in Minneapolis. And I was telling my like, dude, this is one of my favorite places to 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 come visit, man. Especially in the summer when the weather is warm. Because you're from Virginia, but where you're in Northern Virginia, right? I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. Did you go to TC Williams? I didn't. I went to Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's still in Alexandria, but it's right off of Franconia Road. Um. In Van Dorn. Van Dorn is a well-known street. Okay, okay. About 30 minutes from D.C., 30 minutes from Maryland. So in the heart of the DMV, we can get where we got to get to pretty quick. How, how did your journey in photography start? Um, if we want to take it all the way back. All I, the way back. I've honestly naturally been a photographer since birth, I would say. And it's it's something I didn't realize until I got older. But even as a kid, I actually did a photography project in like second grade. Um, my mom always had me and my brother doing any extra credit available, any type of thing that we could do to, you know, put that extra step into academics. And um, at my school, we had a a contest. It was something like if, then, what, or something like that. And it was kind of like an open type of open book to whatever you want to do, be creative, make something. And mine was, I think it was like, it would be amazing if, or it would be interesting if, or whatever the concept was. But mine was, it would be 
whatever the word was, if um, leaves turned into fire trucks and police cars. I don't know how that was the okay. thing. Okay, you was on a higher level. Something like that. You was that. deep. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, I still have that photo like of that poster that I created, but I took a snap and roll camera, like the Kodak cameras where you take all the photos, it's film, and then you take it to like the CVS and you get them printed, right? So I still, in my head, can remember taking those photos. My mom would drive to the spot. It was like down the street from where I went to school. I went to Franconia Elementary School. Shout out to the Mustangs. Uh-oh. Mustangs of Franconia. Get it, get it. Yes, sir. So I remember that adventure. Like I took photos of autumn leaves in the on the ground. Then we drove to the fire station, which is right across the street from my school. Took a photo of like a fire truck. Then I took went down the street and took a photo of a police car. And like the police drove the car out, put the lights on and all that. And I remember taking these photos. And then years later, I'm coming back home and I look at that poster and I can see I had an understanding of the rule of thirds. What is that? So the rule of thirds is something in photography with how you how you angle your photo or how you set the subject. So like if you're the subject right now, you're in the rule of thirds at the way I'm looking at it. So like, so there's a square. Like if you look through the camera, like yeah. there's a square, right? And then in some, you can see like there's three lines vertical and three lines horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like a checkerboard or, or not a checkerboard, like a, a tic-tac-toe. Tic-tac-toe, right? Yeah. So the, the top, those corners from the square in the middle, those are your rule of thirds where you want your subject to be or less. That's where the eye goes to. Okay. So usually when you're placing, when you're placing a subject inside of a photo, you want them to be in, in agreement with the rule of thirds, pretty much. Okay, got it. So that's something you usually have to be taught. But I knew that instinctually, just that's how my eye was, as, as even as a child. So looking back on it with the understanding of photography, it was kind of interesting. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, at least some of what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, was there anyone in your family that was a photographer or inspired you to get into photography? Nobody really inspired me. I think the way I got inspired was my brother played sports. I played sports. And my family was always taking pictures just on those Kodak cameras usually. And I was always the one I loved. I just loved the whole process of it. Like you can take photos in this device and then you go to the store and you print them out and they become images. Like that was cool to me. And I never really thought too much of it. I just loved doing it. And I was always the one that I wanted to take the photo. Um, And then... As I got a little bit older, my brother was playing sports, so I would be the one that would my dad my dad would be coaching. I would be the one that just instinctually I'm the one with the camera recording the game so we could have highlights. So that I got in the video doing that. Okay. But it was just that. It wasn't like editing, it wasn't any of that. It was just hand me the camera, I'll film the game. Hand me the camera, I'll take the photo, you know. So that's what it was up until I got into college. So um I ended up purchasing my first camera because of my music career. So my goal, my thought was, okay, it was 20, 2011 was when I graduated high school. And that was the first time towards my senior year. It was the first time I performed like on my own technically. Yeah. It was me and my one friend, uh, Jarvis. Shout out to him. I always got to give him some love on that because up until that point, I was in choir and chorus and all that. My mom put me in that. And I would sing. I'm fine singing with a group of people, but I never wanted to sing on my own. Like I would get scared if I heard my voice on a speaker or something like that, you know. Um, so fast forward, senior year of high school, I finally got the courage to do a, a talent show, and I got the bug after I did it. performing like my whole class, you know, performing in front of them. I got the bug of like that's what I want to do, music, right? So going into college, I was um, at a community college, Nova Community College, NVCC. Um, I got to give all these shout outs. Yeah, know? yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, yeah, black people do. Yeah, you know yeah, how you we do. You got to shout them out. Right, right, right. So um, when I went there, it was all about music to me, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do because I knew you had to make money and music isn't like an easy way to make money unless you're really into it and all of that. So anyway, my idea was, I shot my first music video on my iPhone. Me and my friend shot that. Okay. We, ironically enough, we just watched the Raptors game. We saw Drake on the sidelines, right? We did a, a remix to Headlines, I think it was. Yeah. And we shot it on my iPhone 
on NVCC's campus, Nova Community College campus, Annandale campus at that. And we shot that on my phone. And so from that, we were like, yo, how about we buy a camera and then we do photo shoots and we do video shoots for other artists in the area, right? And make our money and then we can promote ourselves and we'll have the camera so we can do our own photo shoots whenever, we can do our own music videos whenever. Right. You know, not knowing there's a lot more that goes into it. But that was the initial goal. So I bought a camera, me and my friend Curtis, we would take photos and all that stuff. But then I ended up transferring uh, to VCU. And I knew, all right, at this point I had a camera, I love sports, but I'm not going to be able to continue sports when I go to VCU. I'm going to have to focus on school as well. And, and what year were, were you at VCU? I started there in 2013. 2013, okay. So okay. I did two years at Nova, then I went. Yeah, I was, I was long gone by then. Right, right. Okay. You okay. went to VCU? Yeah, I went to VCU. I remember we had this conversation. That's wild. Yeah, That's yeah, wild. yeah, dog. So we we are alumni I, I, of, the, of the same. I wouldn't say I'm alumni. Okay, <laughs> I would say I was there. We were we were uh, yeah. I was attendee. I was an attendee. Attendees. Okay. Yes. We're yes, both yes. Rams. How about that? We're both Rams. All right. Absolutely. All right. I have the sweatshirt to prove it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So when I went to um, VCU, I knew okay. I got this camera. I love sports. I love music. And I've always said I want to be in sports and entertainment, especially once I got the camera. So when I got on campus, I started working with um, our student organization called Rams Review. Um, I was My studying was communications, mass communications. So um, I had a whole background in doing all of that once I got there and learning through that. I just tried to do as much as I could photo, video-wise um, while I was there. And even I was also doing my music, so I was doing open mics and different things like that, too. That's a long-winded no, answer, no, no. but no, yeah, no, no, no. That's that's the beginning of the story. That's how I really got into it. So, at, at what point in in the juncture uh, of your life did you realize that okay? Because uh, I guess similarly for me, I guess I, my journey started with music, and now it's led me into podcasting. I guess you could say my camera is my podcasting gear. I never go to a city without my gear because I always want to do an interview with folks uh, in that town that I, that I go visit. But what was that transfer? For you, where you were like, yo, I, I'm, I'm going to actually pursue this photography thing. Um, My friend Wilson, Wilson Tarpe Jr., you know, I got to keep shout out. shout out. Shout out. <laughs> um, he's like, he's been a good friend of me and mentor. Um, He has a company and pretty much a, a sports outlet called My Mind on Sports. Okay. And he's grown that to Focus TV as well, where they have a TV show in, in the D.C. area. They have a radio show. Um, and they also just cover all the events going on in the area, sporting events. He gave me the opportunity to be a cameraman with him and no pressure involved. Just like, I believe in you, do everything you can, anything you're willing to do, you know, just be a part of the team and, and, and gain your portfolio. So with him, I did a lot. I covered like four seasons of WNBA. So while I was at school, I would go back home sometimes um, and cover events. I remember one distinct event was Team USA, the Women's Team USA basketball. They had a um, practice event or whatever before they went off to the Olympics. And it was in, at uh, Navy. And so we went up from, from I went from Richmond, came up to meet him, and we both went up to that event. Um, just being around these athletes on the other end now, you know, I used to be an athlete. I still play and all that. But being able to photograph it, being able to record them, he even let me do interviews. Whatever I was willing to do, he was open to letting me do it. And that was the biggest moment for me early in the game where I was like, okay, I'm good at this because I know, you know, when you start out, everybody goes, oh, this is awesome. This is cool. You know, they just want to support you. But when it's people that don't know you and they're doing the same, like, yo, we really like your work or this is awesome. Or you start to see it from both ends then, you know. Right. It's right, not right. just your friends saying, that's nice, that's good. You know, it's people that you don't know that are coming to you saying, like, you're inspiration to me, blah, 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 and so forth. So that was the the initial moment in in shooting concerts as well in the in in RVA. Um, those are the two moments where like I knew I could do this. And I probably can get into more more stories, but yeah. what goes into making a great photo? Um, in the world of sports, because obviously it must take a different 
you must have a different approach if you were doing portraits or landscapes. Right. Um, I was on a panel a few weeks ago. It's called the Lincoln Drink Panel. Um, I just keep giving these shout outs because I know your platform is that big and I it, want people it, to- it's, it's working, man. You know, and I appreciate you just letting me be on this. We met through social media. Um, from me listening to your podcast, I think. I don't yeah, know how you're, to- it you're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But Wait, is it, it always feels like you just always have been in my life, but that's not, it wasn't the case. Right. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. But, and we're from the same area, all of that. But anyway, back to the question. Um, what I answered to them, they were like, you know, what is your focus when you're taking photos and so forth? And I don't really even think of it from a sports aspect usually. Um, the main thing I look for is smiles. And um, that's always what I've seen. Like, that that's an emotional reaction, you know. And I just enjoy taking photos of people smiling. And then also my second thing is I want to take photos that I can show to the person I took the photo of and they will appreciate it. Mm. So, like, when, when I'm out at events, whenever I'm shooting something, I take a photo with that person in mind. So, like, if I saw you... Doing a podcast, right? If I had my camera out and it looked like an interesting photo, I might take that photo just because I know it's something you could appreciate. Mm. So that's what I think about. And when it comes to sports, I mean, of course you want to get the action shots. And that's just, I've learned that through playing sports and just watching sports where, okay, I know a dunk is going to happen probably because it's a fast break coming. I see how he's, you know, he or or she, there's some women dunkers out there, but I see how the athlete is attacking the rim or, in football, I know it's third down, so they're probably going to pass the ball if it's third and 10, right? So I got to be aware of who are we going to pass to on this play or who might be open or whatever. So thinking about those different things, it's a lot of read and react kind of thing where you just have to be able to react to what's happening. And I've never been the type to want it to be perfect for me. I like to move around in the environment. So I move around people to get my shots versus like, you need to be out of my way so I can do what I need to do. You know, I just vibe with the environment. You touched on something there that I think is a, is a beautiful thing for creatives. And it's something that, that I think of all the time, but maybe in my interviews, I I don't know if I've heard um, that many people bring up this component of sharing and giving, you know, I always say that if you're, if you come into the creative space with the motive of like wanting to, you know, be hot or be popular or make a lot of money, then you're going to always find yourself a little bit, it's going to be a more of an empty feeling uh, because being hot doesn't last forever. Right. You know, but the feeling of giving and watching someone be, be happy because what you're doing is you're providing a service for someone Absolutely. without being asked. Absolutely. Um, you know, how was that feeling uh, of giving back? Uh, helped you in your in your craft. I can give you a perfect example of something that just happened this past weekend. Um, one, I'll say, yeah, it's not about me. This job I have, I'm thankful for it, but it's bigger than me. It's a lot bigger than me. One of my main goals is to, one, show a positive image of our athletes. I work with the Minnesota Vikings, right? I want to show a positive image of our athletes, one. I want to show a positive image of our organization and then I just want to show you know everything else right but like those are the two I want to when I'm a positive person I want to show positive things of course there's you know bad that goes on everywhere but like being able to service people you know it gives you purpose in life right and so that's part of my purpose is is serving in this manner but in other ways but let me get to the story we went to Soundset, Soundset 2019, big hip hop festival in Minneapolis or in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been having this thought in my mind, like, okay, how can we get our players involved in like lifestyle type of content? And forever I've been trying to do it since I've been here and even before then, and it just hasn't worked out. Mostly all you see is like highlight footage. All you see is players on the field. Sometimes you see them in the community. But you never see them just being themselves outside of football. Mm. That's that's what we're trying to get to, hopefully, in this generation, right? Where you can see more of that. So <clears throat> four of our players went to Soundset. Me and a friend of mine, Brandon, pretty much captured their experience there. And that was the goal. 
And I went in with this, and this is what the beauty of it is. You don't always have to have the full plan, but if you have positive intentions, things will work themselves out. And I also think that it's just a spiritual journey through my service, through my giving and through my passion and purpose in photography, right? So like my positive instinct was, this will be good for us for content, but this will also be good experience for the guys. Like, cause they get to meet these artists and they get to just interact with them and be at a festival and be backstage and all that, right? Yeah. So Soundset was generous enough to give us some passes to get us backstage. And they said we could interview artists and stuff, but it's never like solid, like you'll have an interview with this artist at this time. It's kind of like free will, like you just got to go and get it, right? So I'm in my element. That's my element. And when I'm doing it for somebody else, it even heightens that experience. I don't have any nerves. I'll go to talk to anybody because I'm doing it for somebody else. And I, I put that down on paper or on my Instagram. Like, it's different when you have a purpose. When you're moving with purpose, it's just a different type of power. So anyway, on that experience, like, we met Boz. We met DMX. We met Buddy. We met Doja Cat. We met Sway. And when we met Sway, we met him on stage. And one of the most open dudes and, like, generous, I was like, hey, how's it going, Sway? Like, you know, I'm here with some of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, is it okay if we meet you and, and do like an interview with you at some point? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, bring him over. So we're backstage at this point. He brings him over. Not only does he bring him over, he's like, I'm going to put him on stage. Mm. So they got put on stage in front of the whole Soundset crowd. He introduced them. And one of our players, Amir, um, Amir Abdullah, he ended up doing a freestyle. Get out. On stage. And like those are experiences that they'll have for a lifetime. And Brandon captured some dope footage for it. And they'll be able to, and I, I took photos. So like those are experiences they they met Lil Nas X and all these people, right? And like those are experiences they'll get to have that you don't uniquely get. You don't ordinarily get that by being an athlete. You right, know? right, right. Like so being able to create that moment, I found my joy just came from seeing the smiles on their faces and seeing that they enjoyed it. And like, yeah. I'm always intrigued by photographers. There's two people I'm always very intrigued by, uh, photographers and engineers, uh, because they're always there with the intention of only providing the bird's eye perspective, right? They're only there to capture the moment, right? The music engineer is there to record the musical moment and capture that moment. Um, And then you're there to bring the visual moment and capture that. What have you learned from your bird's eye perspective working with these athletes that you didn't know before about them? Um, I'll start by saying what I've learned just by posting the photos I post on my Instagram. Another recent one, um, Brian Robinson just retired from the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. And during his speech, he had a great speech. It was like an hour-long press conference. And it was really, you know emotional but strong in story like he told his whole story and throughout it it was some jokes in there right and like I said going back to like I enjoy taking photos of smiles right so during the press conference I turned back to his teammates his whole D-line was in there to send them off pretty much right and during those and, and some of the linebackers and so forth but his teammates were in there and they were laughing during the interview, right? Or during the press conference. And I took some photos of that side of the thing because all the cameras are facing that Brian, right? So you don't see the other perspective. Mm. And I took those photos. And when I posted them, I didn't really think twice of it other than like, I like getting the photo of them smiling and enjoying it. And somebody commented saying, I'm so glad that you took those photos or posted these because I was wondering what the room was like. What I wondered what, like what they were what the other guys in there were like doing or whatever, like when he was telling those jokes. Right. So that gave me a perspective of that. But um, but what about on like a deeper level of of them as people? I, I think that one thing that I've learned through Silent Giants and I guess being able to interview people in the creative space is maybe like a more human level um about what goes into these people, right? Like what goes into their work or what goes into their day? Uh, what I would say success is not just some random selection thing, but success is a recipe. And then I'm fortunate enough to be able to sit down with people and figure out their recipe of how they became who they became 
But from your perspective, maybe on a more human level, what have you seen as as individual people? Uh, what have you learned from them and their from their job as being an athlete? I mean, first and foremost, it's a job. Like people see that a lot of these athletes make millions of dollars, but it's a job. Like they have to work on their craft. It's not like you could just wake up tomorrow and become <clears throat> a professional athlete. And that's any professional, you know, regardless of how much they get paid. So it's a job, one. Um, it's a craft. Like they're running routes. They're list like watching so much film. Um, they put a lot into their craft, just like I put a lot into photography. And I'm sure it's on their mind day in and day out, regardless of if they're at the facility or not. And for me, you know, I'm always thinking about photography. I'm always thinking about creativity and different ways to be involved. Um, but I think the other part of your question of just them being normal people, like they are normal. And I've never had that, like that prejudging opinion because I've played sports and my brother was an athlete and I was around all his teammates. So I understood like, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's just normal people like me, you know? And I think from the fan side, people don't always see that. But like, you know, they have families or they have friends and they just want to be treated normal just like everybody else. Like, they enjoy other things outside of sports. Like, you know, I'm sure some of them are painters, artists, musicians, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. So normal people. But I, what I do appreciate is when the athletes take the extra time, they understand their impact and they understand what they can do to help somebody. Like, like just by acknowledging somebody, they could change their whole perspective on life. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like one person in particular is Stefan Diggs. Like before games, I know for this past season, he'll toss the ball in the crowd during warmups. And he'll go all around the stadium almost and tossing the ball to kids, tossing the ball to, you know, you know, older fans or, you know, moms or whoever. You know, he'll toss the ball. And it doesn't have to be just Vikings fans. He'll toss it to other teams. In Detroit, he jumped into the stands to sign a a, a, some, a, a girl's jersey because he couldn't reach it from where he was. Their stands is kind of higher. So he jumped into the stands to do that. This is before the game. And in, in that same game, he scored a touchdown and ran into the stands and sat down with some fans. And it was, I think, Thanksgiving weekend. So it was just cool to see what the players do with their impact. Kyle Rudolph is another one where he's in the community and he does a lot for the community. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've acknowledged. I just appreciate when they understand their platform and they use it to help. You know, uh, how did you land with, with the Vikings? Like, how did the opportunity come about? Long story, long story. But basically, I built my portfolio portfolio through working with Wilson at my model sports. No, no. Before we get to that, I want to unpack that a little more. Okay. What goes into making uh, a good portfolio in with more of a sports focus? Is it the same focus for every industry, or is it different? Um, I think it's just in any industry. Like in, in, within photography, it's mm-hmm. whatever that is. Like if you do landscape, do it and keep doing it. Okay. And what I say for sports, people reach out to me on DMs and they ask me, hey, how do I get into sports, right? And I tell them, one, just don't do only sports. It's important to be well-rounded because in my job, I don't only take sports photos. 
I do community photos where you're dealing with just people. Mm-hmm. You know, building up your portfolio really in any way is just doing what you're interested in, but also be open to doing other things as well. So I still want to get better at portraits, but even though I'm a technically sports photographer, I still need to make portraits because there could be a day where one of our athletes want a portrait series or we're just doing that, you know? Okay. So it's, it's important to be well-rounded. But the way I built up my portfolio was just pretty much saying yes to every opportunity that I saw was valuable and just doing it. I shot open mics where it was just, you know, regular, ordinary people there. It wasn't an NFL athlete. It wasn't an NBA all-star. Like, it was just normal people. And it helped me build my skills. And I tell people, if you're doing sports photography, you should be shooting Little League football. You should be shooting pickup basketball, if it comes to that. Shoot golf, whatever you can. Um, Because it's about really learning the mechanics of it. And if I get into, like, shutter speed and aperture and all of that type of thing, it doesn't matter what the subject is as long as they're moving you know, and playing the sport, you can get those creative images or solid images. I can tell if you're a photographer or not based on how you take photos or anything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was talking to another coworker of mine. If you had a portfolio of all little league sports, but they were awesome photos, we might hire you versus somebody that has two games of an NFL, you know, portfolio. And it's like blurry images or it only shows one perspective. You know what I'm saying? So it's more about the mechanics of it and also just being a good person. But when you, you go on for the job, are they giving you criteria that they're looking for inside your portfolio? Or are you being creative and coming up with that criteria for yourself to present? I think it's a mix of both. Um, obviously, they want to see some of what you have to offer of your own because you should have your own touch. It's not like you want to hire the same photographer for each thing. Okay. So like, Excuse me, like you want to have some variety. You want to see something like, oh, we haven't seen this before. That, that'll be beneficial for sure. But at the same time, you want to see a mixture of not only sports photos and action, but you want to see the emotion. You want to see the detail shots of like water splashing off their face, or you want to see cleats, or you want to see the dirt. You know, that's the detail type of stuff. Then you want to see atmosphere. So you want to see like the stadium. And how that looks, fireworks shooting out. You want to see um, fan shots, fans celebrating. And then another big one that people don't think about is sponsorship. Because these photos are great. It's cool to see an action shot. But if you can get a sponsorship photo where, you know, a sponsor is in the background and you have the action, or it's a creative way to show a sponsor that we're working with, that's what can pay the bills. That's what can, you know, help you be more creative um, or have more leniency in your job, you know, being that you're creating images that can then be a service to these companies that are partnered with your organization. Wow. Yeah. Never thought about that. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, so you, you get here to Minnesota, you get here, uh, you're, you're working for the Vikings. Uh, your day to day, now obviously you're shooting the games and you're shooting practices and you're shooting press conferences and important moments with the organization. But when there's not a day, where there's not a press conference, what does your day look like behind the scenes if if there is anything happening? Right, yeah, there's definitely things happening. Um, in the off-season, a lot of it is just planning. So we have events like Taste of the Vikings. We have training camp. And I was on a board for that where we really worked at the details on how can we make training camp better for this coming year and for years in the future. Um, and things like that in the, in the deep off season where it's like, we just finished the season. We're talking about like April or so. Right. So, um, but on a, during the season and it's just an off day, if I'm not editing photos from a previous day of like practice or from um, a community event, then I'm usually adding metadata to our images. And so like the metadata, for example, would be, you know, a specific player and, at the end of the day, we should be able to type in and say, you know, that specific player and whatever action, like a catch or a touchdown or a run or whatever, or a tackle and be able to find everything that we have for that. Or if it's an event we did, we should be able to type in, you know, so-and-so event on this day and see that. So I do a lot of the back end work of 
adding the information to the file, which is the image that can then be traced and we can find that photo. So yeah, we have a lot of images that we have. And if it was just like, okay, an open book where, okay, find that photo, find that specific photo. And there was no way to like get to it specifically. Yeah. You'd be scrolling for days trying to find that photo. So what I do on the back end is add a metadata to it. So then you can be, it can be found quickly. Was that something that you knew uh, would be a part of your skill set when you went into the job or was that something that was, I definitely didn't. And um, I think it's important to be open-minded. I kind of, it got kind of got thrown at me last minute. Um, Cause as I, I started here as an intern and then I became a full-time employee, but at that time, one of our full-time employees ended up leaving in our, de- in our department. So what he did, I had to learn kind of on the fly. I got a little bit of teaching in it, but then it was like, okay, the season just ended. You had this, you have to pick up from here and keep going. Um, and that's really how it is. If you see it on the sports side, like on the, on the athletic side too, because, you know, if one man goes down, the next one has to stand up. So it's kind of the same on the business side too, where he moved on and I had to step up and, 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 and carry on from there. So it was a little bit of struggle, but I didn't really know it. And had, didn't have any background in that leading up to it, but I kind of just caught on and, and kept it moving. So uh, as a photographer, are you working with the social media accounts at, at all? Or are you just providing just the photos? We provide the images. I think some teams are different where their photographers will have more say-so in what images get posted. Okay. And our social team is is good at asking us, like, if there's a specific photo you really want posted, like, let us know. Um, so we have some say-so in the content, but usually it's so much going on and so many photos that we're taking that we have to just trust we do our job of creating the images and each other part does their job of distributing the image, how it needs to be distributed. I have a really simple question now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not at all a brainiac question, but how are you able to stay focused? Obviously you're a sports fan, right? Uh, how are you able to stay focused on your job, but there's an actual game taking place, you know? So for example, uh, one of the biggest sporting moments in sports history, um, but definitely in Minneapolis and Minnesota history was the Stefan Diggs catch um, against the Saints in Minneapolis Miracle. Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh, my God. 30, no 10, So in a moment like that, where you're, you know, you're snapping pictures, you know, and, and capturing moments, but you're also, there's a big emotions happening around you. Tell me that process of, of tell me your process during those times. Um, I think they call it like the gift and the curse of the, of the job or it's anything. Right. So yeah, you, you could get emotionally attached to a game because you're a fan of sports in general, but, um, you, have, you also have to understand, like, this is a service, right? I can't miss that shot. Like, that shot, my excitement for a second is less important than capturing a moment that'll last forever. So being able to stay composed in that situation, it's bigger than me. I always go back to that. It's bigger than me. So, Is it a challenge at all? It is a challenge, of course, especially when, you know, our season's on the line. If we lose that, we're done. So it's a challenge, but at the same time, you have to just, you know, separate that from your mind for the moment. And honestly, in that situation, the way it happened was so surreal that I didn't even know it was legit because they threw a flag after the play. So the whole experience, I'm subdued pretty much. <laughs> I'm reacting because like, that's what we do. We react. He ran by, he, he jumped up and caught it. I got the photos of all of that. I got the photos of him running by me and scoring because I was I was in the perfect position. It was a blessing. It was kind of like I kind of got drawn to that space and also having faith and just being positive. Because if I wasn't faithful and if I wasn't positive, I would have just stood wherever I was and like, oh, well, we'll see what happens. 
But I got in position as if the best could happen. I got in position at like the 20-yard line, facing back towards where he caught the ball and ran right by me into the end zone. And so just having the faith that, okay, a big play might happen here and just staying with it and taking those photos and so forth. But they threw a flag because he took his helmet off and threw it. And that was what the flag was for. But I didn't know if it was a flag on like false start or late snap or whatever. I wasn't sure what happened. So that whole experience, everybody's excited around me and I'm just reacting and like subdued because I don't know if we scored, if it counted or what. Um, but I got some pretty awesome images from that. I got the catch. It's just, it's actually up in our museum right now. We have a new Vikings museum and that photo is like up there. And that's the first time I've been featured in a museum, but also the fact that just how that all happened. That was my intern year. So I'm an intern and I, I got a photo like that, which, you know, it shows it's like, it can be anybody's moment at any time. And, 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 when I think of that photo and I think of that catch, I think of Dwight Clark um, for the San Francisco 49ers in the end zone. Mm. And that catch is very, or David Tyree with the Giants, um, that Super Bowl catch, the helmet catch. Right. You know what I mean? It's one of those iconic moments that you touched on something also when, when you were speaking that I think would go, has to go into the mentality of, of doing your job really well and capturing a moment that I don't think that you may have said it, but maybe it's kind of profound that you have to think optimistic about the next play. Right. Right. Like you have to think about this, this, this could be the biggest play of the season. Mm -hmm. This could be the biggest first down. This could be every play is a play that you need to capture a positive, uh, 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 an amazing image. Right. And it could happen at any time. Right. Is that always kind of your mindset when when you're on the field? I don't think about it that deeply all the time. I just, you really are just reacting. But at the same time, you could miss that shot, you know? So it's important to stay focused. And that gets tough. At, that gets tough at times. But it is important to stay focused. And like I said, it's, it's bigger than me. So capturing that image for him. Well, like, what if all the photographers didn't get that shot? Well, hopefully I got it, you know? Yeah. Because it's a service to him too. It's a service to our organization. It's a service to every fan out there um, because that story can be told forever now because we have those images, you know? Um, and, and what does that that feel like um, to capture an image, you know, that is so iconic, that's going to be actually, that's going to live well beyond Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like I, I was watching the game at a Minnesota bar in Brooklyn and the reaction that I that I was able to see from Brooklyn you know what does that feel like to have your work be synonymous with a moment one of the biggest moments in sports history I think it's awesome but at the same time I really don't think about it much like because I'm only 25 right now and I still feel like there's so much more out there for me so I really, I I rarely think about that unless it's brought up, you know? It's a cool image. I mean, yeah, it might, like you said, go down in history or whatever, but I don't think of it that way right now. It'll be something that'll be cool maybe if I have children that I can show them that. And I think about that with a lot of my images, like, because as a kid for me, like I always ask my parents, like, did you go to this concert? Did you ever see Michael Jackson? Did you ever, you know, see this artist or Things like that. So what if my kids are asking about the experiences I had? I can show them through imagery that I took. And that's something that's cool. And just people in general. It doesn't have to be my own children or whatever. But um, that 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 play itself is awesome. But I think I get an emotional reaction when I watch the video. Um, our team did a great job of capturing and gathering the reaction, the fan reaction. So they pieced that together with the highlight of the play. Yeah. And that that will bring some tears. Like that's what really brings it to me. I think sometimes video and sound can do more than a photo. I think that photo, if you're just looking, like that photo is is awesome. But in other people's photos too, they got some great photos too. But the photo is cool. But I think in this moment, if you put it all together with the video and the sound, you feel you really feel that vibe. Because like I think 
if you just look at that photo, it's just a catch. If you look at it, you know, if you don't know the backstory, but when you see the video, you see everything surrounded with it. Like that's where the cannons going. Off. Yeah, yeah. It it tugs at you. It tugs because because mind you too, like the Vikings have yet to win a Super Bowl, and we got one game away from the Super Bowl that year, and it would have been in Minnesota. And our campaign that year was bring it home, and so. Being that we won that game against the Saints, who we lost to um, years prior to make it to the Super Bowl, um, that was a moment, man. It was a moment, but yeah. And you know what? That's, the key word there is moment. I think that even though that year the Vikings didn't go to the Super Bowl, who won the 1983 Super Bowl? I have no clue. Exactly. <laughs> but you will always remember that moment. Right. And that's what life is made up. That's what life's about. Life's about creating moments. You know, I, I say that about, I love LeBron James. But at the end of the day, Michael Jordan gave you more moments. It's not about the rings. Mm. Bill Russell gave you more rings. Mm. You know what I mean? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gave you more points. But it's the moments. People, right. people always forget what's what's the line people always forget what you say but they'll never forget how you made them feel right you know absolutely and, and i think that goes back into into sports and capturing that moment so we don't know who the 1983 super bowl champions were i think they were the washington redskins i think or the oakland raiders i think one of the two, but who knows? <laughs> we're, we're, we're guessing. Right, right, right. It wasn't a moment. <laughs> it, it wasn't a moment. It, it, exactly. For us, at least. Yes. So, uh, Trav, before we get out of here, man, uh, I, I ask uh, the subject of, of the show. Uh, it's uh, over already? It's over already, man. I, We've probably been talking how long? Oh, we got, we got, we got a, a, a 50-minute interview. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time flies with Corey Cambridge. Yo, man. That's how, that's, well, you know, with tequila. <laughs> with, with Corey Cambridge and tequila time flies brother so uh, uh, but before we get out of here I always ask the subject of the show um, the same question uh, the closing question and you know from my experience of interviewing these silent giants and people who've done amazing work in their career um, they've all sacrificed something to get there we're all in the pursuit of greatness everyone wants to be great Everyone wants to be lit. Everyone wants to be popping. But we're not aware of what it takes to be lit or to be great or to be popping. We just see the end result. We watch Beyonce's homecoming performance at Coachella, and we just see her out here just killing the game. You know what I'm saying? But we don't we don't see until that back, you know, that documentary came out of the performance, like the B footage, and you're able to see all the dedication and sacrifice it takes to, just to entertain us, you know, and for her to make a living. And to do what she loves to do. What have you had to sacrifice uh, on your pursuit of greatness? I think I've sacrificed being alone. I'm comfortable with being alone. Like, I moved out to Seattle for an internship alone. Didn't know anybody. When I moved to Minnesota, I didn't know anybody. And being willing to risk that for opportunity has been a sacrifice I've made. I barely see my family. I go home once or twice a year now that I, you know, work where I work. Most people, you know, they're working where they 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 lived there, they grew up there, or their family comes out with them. You know, I don't have a wife. I don't have children. So all my family is back home in the DMV area. So that's a sacrifice I've made. Um, and when I first realized that was in college, towards the end of my, I think, the start of my senior year, I started learning like, okay, if I want to be good at this, I have to study this craft. If I have hours to go out and party, cancel those hours out and put them into my craft. So whether that's going to shoot an event or waking up the next morning at 8 a.m. and being available for to assist somebody on a shoot just to gain that knowledge or whatever, or on YouTube. And when I even got my first opportunity in the NFL, it was through... Being up at 2 a.m. is when I got the response email. But I was applying for internship after internship. And those are hours spent, you know, working towards the opportunities. So just be valuable. Understand the valuability. 
I don't know, valuability a word? Nope, it's not. <laughs> All right, well, understand <laughs> the value in time and use it as best as you can. Mm. Travi, man, first of all, you're a true brother. Uh, I, words can't even express, you know, when I first started Silent Giants, you were one of the first people to, it was you and my, my engineer, Mark Bird. It's funny, the, the first people that really reached out it was like, yo, I like your podcast. Uh, truly became friends. And I've, I've been able to collaborate with Mark, my engineer, from, you know, I think like episode 10. And now we're in episode 60. And I've been able to connect with you. I remember meeting you up for coffee. Right. Um, I, when I came out to Minneapolis. And that's just like just chopping it up and just chilling and hanging out. And, you know, I appreciate what you do. And your work is important. Your work is very, very important. And, um, you know, thank you for sharing your love of photography to make other people happy. I appreciate that. And I'd say the same for you. What you're doing is important. I've learned a lot just by listening to the podcast, the relationship we've built. Um, and I'll just say also is like how the universe works. We met through a podcast, right? Through social media. Ended up figuring out that we both went to the same school, both grew up in Virginia. And then the fact that you had ties to Minnesota that even brought you here. And that's where we first met. Yeah. So it's like when you reach out to the, you know, when you reach out, things just work in your favor. And I, you know, I could go on story after story. Of, I'm sure you could too about how just how the universe works in your favor if you're willing to work. 100%, well. so man. 100%. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on this platform. It's a great one at that. And I look forward to seeing everything that happens in the future for you. And I'm sure we'll keep keep it going for the both of us. You know, we'll keep it keep it pushing. And I mean, we got no choice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Travi, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. We out. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silent Giants podcast. And to our special guest, Travis Ellison. This episode was mixed by Mark Bird. And before we get out of here, be sure to check out my other show, OPP. Other People's Podcast highlights America's top podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'll be sure to provide you with a link to that in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. God bless y'all. Till next time.